entertainment law nerds, enthusiasts, and aficionados, and welcome to the Dentons Canada Entertainment Media Law Signal Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Tarantino. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Caitlin Choi. How are you doing, Caitlin? Doing well, thanks, Bob. How are you? I'm all right. In this episode, we'll be speaking with our other colleague, David Steinberg, who has been helping film and TV producers deal with the challenges of delivery during the pandemic. Quick disclaimer. The contents of this podcast do not constitute legal advice, so please reach out to us or other counsel if you require guidance on your specific legal matters. So David needs no introduction uh, in the sense that, like, I literally refuse to introduce him. Um, but David, <laughs> if, if you were going to introduce yourself, how would you how would you describe yourself? How would you describe your role? Like, to me, you're sort of like the mascot for the group, but how would you describe what you do? I don't even have like a good costume or anything like that. But after working, after working um, in this field um, of practice for almost 30 years, like I'm coming up on almost 30 years and having spent probably about 20 of them with you, um, I think I've probably earned that title of being one of the nerds uh, that you referred to in your introduction. I like it. So for those of you who don't know who David is, uh, he's a musician, he's a songwriter, he's a lawyer, he's uh, esteemed counsel for his clients. Uh, he, he's really the leader of the group. Uh, he's been an incredible mentor and friend to me uh, and to Caitlin, so we're really excited to have him on the podcast today. Before we get started, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the opening of the podcast. So regular listeners will know that Due to budget constraints, we have no opening theme song. We have like, like it's not even like a sound effect, it's, it's like a sound. So when we went to the managing partner uh, to ask for money in order to license the theme, the theme song, he was like, he was literally, he reached into his pocket, he pulled out 37 cents and he said, here's the 37 cents. Um, and so we've just like we stuck an iPhone out the window. We recorded the ambient noise, and that is our opening music. <laughs> but on this episode, we are making an effort to change that, and hopefully by the end of today's episode, we will have a new theme song. So please stick around for that. We gave and you I... the thirty-seven cents. And exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and just and the 37 cents was for both sides right like that was both yeah. composition and recording so yeah you you can so, split that 37 cents up however you want if we want to give Ringo less that's okay exactly <laughs> I I kind of, aren't you Ringo I sort of thought you were Ringo. oh no yeah it's the drummer thing I take it back I take it back so as I mentioned before, we are talking about delivery and delivery in the context of film and television distribution and license agreements. So why don't we get started and dive right in? Sure. So David, for our listeners who may not know the term, maybe you can define for us what delivery means in the context of film and television, specifically distribution and license agreements, and then how that normally works pre-COVID yeah. times. No problem. So every producer that has a, a license agreement with a distributor, a broadcaster, an SVOD service um, has a delivery obligation. In other words, to complete and deliver the series or the film that they're working on um, in accordance with the delivery schedule, which lists a number of items to be delivered by a certain date. 
And what we're talking about today is how those delivery dates are affected and being dealt with uh, in the current environment because of COVID-19. So since we've been in shutdown due to COVID-19, what are some of the challenges you've seen with respect to delivery? So the first issue is really the delivery date itself. You know, if we were if we were in a normal environment right now, um, we might have a delivery date, let's say that's nine or 10 months out uh, for completion and delivery of the project. And right now, it's very difficult to tell when a realistic delivery date will be. So the first major challenge is figuring out what the delivery date will be in the agreement um, and trying to make uh, a realistic prediction as to how this can actually work given the current circumstances. So David, what are you seeing in terms of how producers are responding to those challenges for shows that they have to deliver while we're in the midst of a pandemic? So the first thing is, uh, like I say, trying to pick a delivery date that's um, you know, our best guesstimate as to when we might be able to deliver, but it's extremely difficult to do that for all the obvious reasons. So um, the first order of business is to pick a date and then have some kind of extensions available for delay uh, because of COVID-19. And you know, if we think about the regular circumstances, uh, the old world where we had a delivery date subject to a force majeure, um, uh, or an extension because of force majeure. Those force majeure periods were normally limited to 45 days or 60 days in the aggregate, at which point there would have been an official failure to deliver. The, the first challenge here is picking a date to hang our hats on, and then how long are we going to allow for the COVID-19 delays? So what I'm seeing is uh, delivery dates obviously pushed out, pushed far back, and then having uh, potential delays for COVID-19 going up to an additional period of time, be it three months, six months, or a year. Those are the types of periods that I've seen. And are people generally dealing with this in a fairly cooperative way, or are you finding there's a lot of is it leading to disputes or are people kind of approaching each other and saying, look, we're all in this boat together. How do we kind of make this work so that none of us are, are sort of egregiously harmed? That's an interesting question. Um, I've seen it actually um, be very easy in certain cases because there is this recognition that it's affecting the entire world. So there's not really much to argue about there. You have to be reasonable. It's forcing reasonableness. But um, some of the provisions that I'm seeing more recently, uh, for instance, I was looking at a European uh, broadcast license the other day, um, and the broadcaster was sort of trying to take control of the issue in the sense that they were going to decide if the producer um, was acting in good faith in calling for a delay. They were going to decide what the plan was going to be for any extensions and they were going to decide when to cut off payments and decide whether the contract would be terminated. So that was a little bit rough. It was the first time that I saw a more one-sided approach because most people, like I say, are, are willing to discuss a reasonable guesstimate on a delivery date plus reasonable 
delays that are going to be caused by COVID. And David, I'm wondering how you're seeing parties solve the issue of we might have multiple waves of this type of shutdown or um, something to a degree that's not back to the new normal. Yeah, that's a good question, Caitlin. Um, you know, in the typical force majeure uh, provisions that we used to deal with, um, whether it was that 45-day period or 60-day period that I was using as an example, they would often talk about the periods being in the aggregate. In other words, it was conceivable to have five days of force majeure back into production, then the force majeure event could uh, interfere once again. And I think we have to be uh, very realistic with the COVID-19 provisions that we're dealing with in the sense that, yes, we could have an opening, we could have production back in place and then have to close again. So this could happen uh, multiple times, we don't know. So we're really dealing with time periods in at the end of the day in the aggregate based on multiple uh, events um, that might have interruptions and be non-consecutive at the end of the day. What kind of advice would you give to a producer who comes to you with a distribution agreement or a license agreement that has pegged a delivery date but simply doesn't have a force majeure clause or doesn't have any obvious way in the text of the contract to address a COVID-related delay? I would advise that they develop a vaccine for COVID-19 ASAP. Wise. <laughs> I love it. If they could get on that, if we could get the, the producers on that, that would be amazing. Like, we need all the help we can get at this point. You know, maybe refocus your efforts away from the podcast and into the development of a good vaccine. It's true. I've been giving a lot of medical advice lately, and I, people are, it's not, like, I have the degree, but they're, they're not listening. I'm not, I'm not getting the, the traction that I, I'd like to be getting, unfortunately. <laughs> so, back, yeah, in terms of your question, um, you know, if you have a hard delivery date with no uh, force majeure provisions, which would be somewhat odd to begin with, um, I think that, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to uh, comply with the terms of that agreement or the delivery unless your delivery is, is really ready to go. Like we've had some productions that are 98% um, done. And you know people are actually able to deliver right now. And as you can imagine, the market is uh, clamoring for um, content. So anyone who's got a show that's that's essentially ready to be delivered, yeah, people are all over it, saying, "When can you do it? When can you do it?" Because uh, they want to they want to feed the pipe. Um, one of the one of the bigger concerns that I have uh, when we talk about uh, second waves, and I don't mean second wave of, of the virus necessarily, but the second wave of issues that we're going to have to deal with, uh, is the uh, availability of crews and cast and uh, and other other um, you know materials that we need to produce when things actually do open up for real again. Uh, in other words, when when that. Uh, uh, when that when that siren sounds that we're allowed to to uh, to continue, um, I think there's going to be a real um, competition for for crews, materials, cast, etc., and everyone's going to expect to be first out of the gate. But how was that going to work exactly? 
it's going to be difficult to prioritize and sort that out. So that'll be an interesting problem that'll that'll occur in the future. Yeah, that'll be an interesting challenge that people are going to have to contend with. We've been talking about these delivery issues in the context of producers who have existing projects or, or existing agreements that they've entered into and the project is somewhere in the sort of you know, development production, post-production phase. In terms of new agreements that people are entering into, so if somebody is going to be signing a distribution agreement next week for a project that's you know, not going to get delivered for a year or more, what kind of guidance might you give them with respect to dealing with, with COVID, dealing with, you know, a second or third wave, dealing with the force majeure provisions? Yeah, so what, what we've been doing is um, basically building in two levels of, um, let's just call it force majeure delay extension provisions. So we've left the common force majeure language, um, even with the 45 days and the 60 days, um, for events other than COVID-19. And then what we're doing is a second level, which is, the, which is dealing with COVID-19 specifically, because we still could have traditional force majeure events. I think in Michigan the other day, a dam broke and, and uh, they had some flooding. That would fall under the traditional unforeseen force majeure event. Um, so we're dealing with COVID-19 as a second level. And uh, you know, with different with different sort of parameters attached to it in terms of a delay, the aggregate amounts of a delay, et cetera, like I was discussing earlier, um, it's been somewhat odd to be you know 75, 80, 80 percent through the negotiation of an agreement, whether it, it's a distribution deal, a license deal, an option agreement, whatever the case may be, and to all of a sudden now be inserting these provisions, whereas before we wouldn't have even obviously considered it. We just would have had our common force majeure uh, provision. Um, and, and here we are now having to say to parties on the other side, hey guys, we, we have to put something in. Um, and, and for the most part, people are being reasonable and, and understanding that we have to do this. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's quite amazing to think that over almost 30 years of practice, um, I've never really had to deal with a true event of force majeure. You know, I've dealt with exigencies of production, you know, things that are a little bit beyond people's control and cause some delay within those reasonable parameters in the force majeure provisions, 45 days, 60 days. But I've never obviously dealt with something like this um, that is worldwide. So this is really unprecedented uh, in, in, in every respect, not only in terms of what it's done to our lives, but what it's doing to us uh, contractually and uh, to our businesses. Well, that's great, David. Thank you so much. I, I think you've provided some real insight and some great guidance for producers and distributors who are, are facing these conditions. And if any of our listeners have any questions, if they find themselves in one of these situations where they're dealing with a, a COVID-related delay in delivery or they need to negotiate a new agreement, we'd certainly encourage them to reach out to the Dentons Canada Entertainment team. Actually, call David. Um, he's got time. So make sure you reach out to him. Um, so thank you again for joining us today. Now, as I mentioned at the outset, we have had some theme song problems with the podcast. We had put out a call 
um, on the streets, like we, we spoke to a lot of agents and, and managers and we said, look, we are looking for a theme song. Your agent uh, responded. Um, we told him about the 37 cents that's on offer. Uh, he was very enthusiastic about that. And so we're really excited to present you as, as providing the first entry in the contest for the new theme song. And I will, I will turn it over to you. Uh, the title is um, The Denton's Podcast. All right, well, we will that, turn it over that, to you. That was the best title I could come up with. And, um, you know, I have to admit to you, Bob, that after all these years of saying that I made millions uh, while I was in the music business, I guess this is as good a time as any to admit that the 37 cents is actually more than I ever made um, in, in my music career. <laughs> All right, I'm now ready to present the Denton's podcast. Oh, by the way, don't pull any punches here, okay, guys? Like, if you don't love it, just say so. But I, I think it's quite brilliant, okay? Um, so here it is, the Denton's podcast theme song. This is the podcast, the Denton's podcast. This is the podcast, the Denton's podcast. What do you think, guys? So, look, like, whenever you're done warming up and you want to start, just go ahead. We're ready. Go, take it. <laughs> uh, uh, hello, feelings oh, that was hurt. It. I was up all night working on that, and uh, you'll notice it, it it carries a couple of different chords in it. Um, it's in the key of C, Bob, uh, a C, a bouncy C, and uh, I was really hoping that you guys would love it and and use it on an ongoing basis. We'll uh, we'll get back to you. Thank you yeah, for the, yeah. the attempt at a theme song, but also thank you for taking the time today to speak with us. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad that we, we got the chance to talk about this topic. It's obviously very timely, but also yes. I think you provided some real, some real insight there uh, that people otherwise wouldn't have access to, or at least it would cost them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour uh, to get that access. So thank you again. Uh, thank you, Caitlin. Caitlin, you take care. David, you take care. We will see you all soon.